Today is International Women's Day, and what better way to celebrate than talking to a woman? What's up, everybody, and welcome to Crossfire Faith and Gaming Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Russ Dornish, alongside my co-host, the Reverend David Petty. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Excited to be here again. Yep. As and, always. Uh, t- <laughs> Sorry, I, I botched the intro. All right, go, you're, go, you're go good. ahead. Just keep going. You're good. You know, um, today is a very special day. Today is International Women's Day, and for our Lent devotion study today, we are going to be speaking to a very special guest, the Reverend Angie Dornish. Hello, Angie. Hello. Thank you both for having me on the podcast. Of course. Yes. And if you guys didn't already notice, she does have the same last name as me. No, we are not siblings. Yes, we are married. Uh, which may come into questions later on uh, to make this podcast slash devotion even better. Uh, But for now, I'm going to turn it over to David because he's going to have some questions for Angie about her faith journey, about being a pastor, and what it's like, especially here on International Women's Day. David, take it away. All right. So, so my first question, uh, well, okay. The question I'm not going to ask, I was wondering, you know, like, what's it like to be married to a guy who's like podcast famous, like Russ, but we'll (laughs) save that for later. Um, first I just want to ask, you know, tell, tell us a little bit about your journey. Uh, you know, especially I think women pastors have such a unique journey, uh, and definitely in the church and in ministry. Um, but why don't you just share a little bit with us, uh, about your journey to becoming a pastor and, um, Anything you want to you want to share with that? Yeah, thank you. Um, so I grew up in the evangelical conservative church in a reformed tradition that did not ordain women to be senior pastors. Um, very rarely they would ordain women to be like associate pastors and more of a director role. And but I grew up with a lot of. Um, folks in our church family and our church community telling me that I had gifts for a pastoral ministry. And so it was interesting growing up in a church where there was kind of conflicting talk with this theology of, well, you can't really be a pastor, um, but you should be a pastor because you have the gifts and graces. And so I remember kind of being in at Denver Seminary um, where I went and got my Master of Divinity degree going on somewhat of a Goldilocks um, journey to figure out what denomination, um, what faith tradition would be best for me um, with my with my views. And then obviously for me as a woman, um, there were several women growing up at my um, home church that were incredibly influential to me and um, they were not ordained, but they would speak um, from the pulpit. Sometimes they would guest preach, which was allowed. And I do want to say, for me, I totally realize the importance of representation and representation um, for the younger generation to like visually see and to kinesthetically experience something. Um, so for me to see women in these positions in the church, um, 
that was like very, very impactful um, in my faith journey. And, and I knew I wanted to get ordained. I knew I wanted to become a clergy person. Um, being a women's director is great. Being a children's director is great. But I really felt the call after college um, to kind of go all out, um, be a senior pastor, solo pastor, um, definitely something with more leadership and, and preaching. And so I remember meeting with a lot of really amazing United Methodist clergy women in the Denver area. Um, the first one was uh, Claire McNulty-Drews. She was the pastor at the time in Lyons, Colorado, and um, she is so gregarious. She's compassion, compassionate. She's fierce, fierce um woman for for social justice issues. She actually brought me to preach at her church at Lyons UMC um, to talk about sex trafficking because I was working at a safe house for women coming out of sex trafficking. And she had found me just, you know, online and asked me to come and preach. And so I remember her saying, you should be Methodist. You should be Methodist. You know, there's so many women in our conference that are these like amazing female pastors and you can come and join our tribe. Second woman that I met was Melanie Rose, who at the time was a district superintendent in our denomination um, in the kind of Colorado Springs area. And she was so affirming for actually years of my different gifts and graces. Um, And she was the one that really um, taught me about the kind of history and the tradition of the United Methodist Church and how our uh, tradition... um, is fairly egalitarian and had been egalitarian um, even from way back when John Wesley grew up. Um, He had such uh, honor and respect for his mom, Susanna, um, and really put her as a huge um, faith leader, um, you know, an amazing preacher that she was. And so, you know, she kind of told me about the history of women like Sojourner, Sojourner Truth um, and, and others that had just really paved the way. Um, and that really was so encouraging to me to know that in 1956, the United Methodist denomination allowed full ordination, um, ordination rights for women at um, general conference. So um, I know in other kind of more conservative denominations, there's still a long road road to go for women. Um, some women can be um, like deacons or serve in more of a diaconal ministry. Um, but I'm really, really thankful. And I feel like uh, the United Methodist Church is a great fit for me because it allows me to use the gifts that God has given me um, to lead and to serve. So. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um I've got one other question here, and Russ, I don't know if you have a follow-up to that first question, or if uh, you can, if you want to follow that up after I ask the second question here. <laughs> but um, the second question, I guess, is really more about gaming and games. And um, you know, I, I know uh, from the the times we've talked before, you're not a huge gamer. You're not, uh, you know, you're not trying to platinum everything like Russ is. Um, but you know, perhaps as a person just kind of adjacent to games i was wondering if you've seen a change especially you know from a woman's perspective um in representation in games uh and then also you know do you play any games and if so what kinds of games do you play and um 
I, I don't know. I think it'd be really neat for people to hear from somebody who's, you know, in your shoes to, uh, to talk about your experience with games. Yes. So I grew up playing Sega Genesis games, um, specifically like the Disney games like The Lion King in the 90s. Aladdin was a fan fan favorite. Um, I think it was like Mickey Mouse's King of Hearts. I also remember there was a Sega Genesis Home Alone game. Um, Those were all ones that I can remember. I just loved playing Little Mermaid, all those. So definitely grew up really, really enjoying video games. And then it's interesting because once I started dating Russ about four years ago, I remember a very specific moment in our like early years of dating when he was sick and I went and brought him soup. I was on break from work. I came and brought him soup, and he was playing this video game. And, Russ, you would know the name. I don't remember, but... It it was Horizon Zero Dawn because it was the week that it came out. It was release week for Horizon Zero Dawn, which is David's favorite game, his wife's favorite game. um, Very popular on our podcast. And it really kind of changed the way that I viewed video games, at least in the 21st century. Um, you know, for me at that time, I had really not played any games except for Candy Crush on my phone. Um, I I have been playing Candy Crush solidly on my phone for probably the last seven or eight years. I love it. Um, It's my favorite thing when I'm bored, when I'm traveling, when I used to fly on airplanes, I love playing Candy Crush and listening to a podcast. But, um, But when I met Russ, the interesting thing for me was because I love movies and I love stories. I love a good story. I love, um, so I guess my eyes were really open to the world of video games. And, and again, sorry, forgive my ignorance. What are they called? The like horizons? What is that called? The kind of video game, like kind of video game. Yes. Um, well, that one's called an open world game. Um, there we go. Where you yes. like make decisions and you have more freedom to choose different things. So, so it's There's kind of an open world lines. action RPG. RPG. Yeah. yeah, that's what we would call it. Right, RPG. Okay, so all these I remember hearing you guys say, <laughs> but yes. So so for me, it's really just it's really interesting because if you grew up and it was like Sonic the Hedgehog and like Disney Sega Genesis games, fast forward all those years to this game that I'm seeing and like the visual effects and like the cinematography and everything in some of these games are like amazing. And so I really do understand why people would enjoy this because it really is, um, it's so immersive. And um, the other game that I loved because it has the strong female character, what is it, what is it? And they're making a movie, they're making a movie about it. Or making a TV, a TV show? show. That'd yes. be The Last of Us. <laughs> yes. So Another favorite on I our think, podcast. I th- right. Well, so I think a stereotype um, for, for a lot of folks is that video games are just games like the shooting games like Halo. Um, they're games that, you know, are more predominant. Like if women are in them, it's like Grand Theft Auto and women aren't doing really great things. Um, that's kind of the stereotype that you hear of people who are not really familiar um, or comfortable with a more gaming world. But the interesting thing is, I can say, being married to a gamer and somebody who, you know, like you guys are in this video game ministry, 
There is a lot of amazing representation of strong female characters in the games that I know, you know, you and you two play, the games that I know the Crossfire community um, plays and enjoys. And so I do think that along with the rest of society, like we have come a really long way um, in a more, you know, sense of a woman doesn't have to come in and be rescued and a woman doesn't just have to come in and be like objectified, but like the woman could be the heroine of the story, which is really powerful. So, so I'm going to go through just some fun things real quick. Let's lighten the mood. Uh, as far as some like lightning round stuff to get to know the Reverend Angie Dornish. Uh, if you can name them off the top of your head, either top five or top three favorite movies. Ooh, um, oh, that's hard. Depending I love Orange easier. County. I love Orange County. Um, that's like the funniest movie. I would say Hocus Pocus is like, that one is just like the best. And then, um, I don't know. Do you want to get, what is, what's another one? Just love all Disney movies. Maybe Mulan. Inside Out. Oh, that's Inside right. Inside Out. Oh, because I love joy and sadness. So yeah, maybe those would be the top three. Okay. Okay. Um, Book that any young female seminary student should read. Jesus Feminist by Sarah Bessie. Oh, look at that. Okay, um, everybody. So so Sarah Bessie is phenomenal. Anything by Rachel Held Evans, I also, um, I, it's just critically acclaimed. They're the best. Um, R.I.P. Rachel Held Evans. She's gone on to be with Jesus. Um, but there's like this tribe of these like amazing, can you like say BA on this podcast. Can you say that? Yes, go ahead. You can, you can, you can say. You can. No. Just say, just say BA. Yeah, we'll we'll say spoiler warning. uh, You see these really strong women, and there's a tribe (laughs) of them, um, and they have written a lot of books on women in ministry because a lot of them have come from really kind of more traditional um, denominations and grown up in you know places where they just kind of saw older men um, leading. And so Jesus Feminist to me was like everything that I had always felt and I never felt like I had belonged or I felt like these feelings um, that I was experiencing, I was crazy and... um, you know, I was I was different, but it was literally like when I read Jesus Feminist, I was like reading about my own story and myself. Um, and it was the first time, you know, it was like in my early 20s where I felt like I was really seen. And yeah, that was just such a powerful experience. I have several copies of the book, but the first copy is just like filled and underlined and highlighted and just all those things. So... Okay, yeah. Jesus Feminist. Any any females listening to p- the podcast wanting to dive deeper into uh, feminist theology and, and just women in theology in general, uh, Angie recommends it. So, And I'm going to try to grab those as links. Um, Angie, do you have any, any favorite places that you would recommend people buy these books from? Any particular source? Or does it not matter? <laughs> just Just um, for our link and- purposes. Well, I would say another really good link um, for people who would like to learn more about egalitarianism. So um, women in ministry, um, kind of the biblical backing for women um, leading and teaching in the church is Christians for Biblical Equality, CBE. 
org. They have a ton of scholarly journals. They've got a lot of articles. Um, they even got a couple of, you know, books and things like that. But I mean, in, in terms of anything from Rachel Held Evans or Sarah Bessie, and then obviously others, I would just get it on Amazon. That's what I would do. But okay. Awesome. So Russ, any, okay. any other last minute questions? I know we probably need to wrap up here. Yep, Soon, no, I I do not have any more questions. You, David, you were good. Uh, I think I'm good. I just want to say again, thank you, Angie, for uh, joining us on the podcast. Um, and uh, Russ, I'll let you close us out with any last minute announcements or um, last minute, you know, tell people where they can find everything else about us. Yeah. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for following along with the uh, Lenten devotions that we have going on right now. Make sure that you guys uh, check out our website at crossfirecast.com or crossfirepodcast.com. And you can find all the different ways that we are building community and bringing content to our community. Of course, uh, the conversation continues over at our Facebook page. I'm sure we will have a lengthy conversation about this podcast uh, later on. But again, thank you, Angie, for being on the podcast. Um, we appreciate you taking the time. Thank and you for having to the, me. And to the rest of you guys, uh, keep playing games and uh, God bless. We'll see you out there on the internet. Bye.